With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Roto World Football Podcast. Thanks so much for listening and hosting all season. It really has been awesome to do this three times a week. I appreciate Ray Sumlin helping me on Tuesdays and also the Thursday podcast with Rich Rebar and Nick Minzer. You can check that one out ahead of your championship weekend. Um, it's good until, I guess, Saturday and Sunday because there are games on both days this week. But up now is Evan Silva, who obviously writes the matchups column on Rotoworld. Uh, he covers every single fantasy relevant player, so it probably doesn't include Marvin Jones this week. Um, Evan, let's, that was a joke. Gosh. Anyways, let's go to something we had to skip last week because iTunes was acting up. But we have three reviews that have been left uncomplimented. So get three compliments in your head. The first one is Blue Lou 3. Some people like licorice. Some people don't like licorice. But the people that like licorice really like licorice. Ray Sum, Roto Pat, and Evan. My name is Inigo Montoya Silva. He actually called you Sylvia. Really break down the week, the players, the matchups. There's nothing not to like. Evan, what about Blue Lou? Blue Lou, you know, he's, he's got big hands. Big, big hands. Strong. Okay, I'm jealous already. He'll grab you. He'll grab you. Okay. He'll give you a big old hug. He he would not get knocked in the draft process for having small hands. That's what Correct. He, he would not be fumble prone, uh, you know, at Soldier Field in uh, in early December. Got it. Um, up North Squad, concise, informative, and entertaining. Well worth a listen if you enjoy fantasy football. Up North Squad, Evan, anything kind to say about him or her? This guy is—he's an overachiever. You know, he was not—he was not blessed with a lot of uh, <laughs> talent. Okay. Some of us are blessed. Uh huh. You know, us are. Guy, so you're including me and you in that. <laughs> this guy—he's just—he's a grinder. You know, he just—he keeps coming back. You know, every time you you push him down, he pops back up, and um, you know, he's. That's how, that's how, that's his, that's how he serves his purpose. You know, there is a a popular book out right now called, I think, Grit, that talks about how work ethic is the most important skill to have. So, up north squad, good on ya. Let's end with Omaha Chiefs guy. Just a four-star review, that hurts. Um, But he says we do a good job. So, Evan, because it's a four-star review, only give a four-star compliment. I... You know, I, I was thinking about nice things to say about this guy. I just right. don't like this guy. Just yep. don't like this guy. That that's and what happens. We are, we're just gonna we're gonna move forward with the show. Okay. Once again, Evan's matchups column is up on Roto World. Um, Evan, how many championships are you in this weekend? Um, three. Three. Yeah, three. Out of three leagues, right? 
Um, 13. No, I think I think I did 11 this year. 11 wow. redraft. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, just two of five for me. Anyways, uh, you brought up an interesting name that actually I think a lot of people are concerned about this week up against the Arizona Cardinals, and that's Seahawks running back Thomas Rawls. You think you'll have a good week? I do. I do. Um, the, the Cardinals defense is really starting to fold uh, late in the season, and I think that the, the this is a, a great get-right spot for the Seahawks offense. When you look at the way that they can attack um, you, you know, where are their best players in the passing game? They, they play in the middle of the field. Cardinals have lost uh, Dion Buchanan, Tyvon Branch, Tyran Matthew has not been the same guy. Now they're going to be without Marcus Cooper, uh, their number two corner, who was getting shredded anyways. But that forces them to go back to Brandon Williams, who was atrocious last year, uh, got beat for a touchdown last week by Michael Thomas. You know, they're just they're playing a lot of bad players in the middle of the field mm-hmm. and in the back end. And I think that this the entire Seahawks offense, uh, I think all of them are, are in really good spots this week. And I like Thomas Rawls um, because the the Cardinals have given up ten touchdown, ten rushing touchdowns over their last seven games. Uh, if you look at the Cardinals' schedule early in the season, they played a bunch of cupcake offenses, uh, and lately they've been getting lit up. I mean, the the Falcons scored a ton of points against them. Uh, the Dolphins scored a ton of points against them. You know, uh, the Saints, after struggling for two weeks, uh, they you know they they lit up the Cardinals. And I mean, just guys were running wide open uh, through the Cardinals secondary. So. Uh, I, I, I like Tyler Lockett. I like Thomas Rawls from a game script standpoint. What I really like about Thomas Rawls is the fact that even though he had he had a down game last week against the Rams, I mean, he got hit in the backfield on almost every carry, and it, it, I mean, it, it was bad. And the Seahawks have issues in their running game. But I want to bet on usage uh, over you know what what I may perceive as the matchup. And he got elite usage last week, 23 touches, season high. Uh, season high, 92% of the snaps, season high in pass routes run. Uh, he should be a volume monster this week in a great, great spot. Yeah, and, and I think what you said can kind of be applied to Jimmy Graham as well. I know everyone's kind of worried about Jimmy Graham, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, I mean, Arizona's been really good against tight ends, but, I mean, that dates back to, you know, the beginning of the season when they were healthy on defense, and obviously you mentioned they haven't been and they are not right yeah. now in the middle of the field. Yeah, Jimmy Graham has five touchdowns this year, all at home. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of pretty much everyone in the Seahawks offense, especially in Daily Fantasy. Thomas Rawls, Tyler Lockett is severely underpriced on FanDuel, uh, and he correlates well with the Seahawks defense. I mean, if he if he brings one back, you're, you're getting double points because yep. you get you get the six points for Lockett, and then you also get the points for your defense. Let's uh, go to some more obvious names now. Um, LeGarrette Blunt, we know he scores a lot of touchdowns this year, Evan. Um, at times, the Jets' defense was good this season, but now they've kind of quit. But um, not to go into narrative here, but uh, the, the Patriots, you know, it's, it's, it's at times we've, we've thought they were predictable in their backfield. But a couple weeks ago, it was Deion Lewis getting all the carries against what was it, the Broncos. Um, but this sets up as a LeGarrette Blunt game, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's classic. You know, Tom comes out, 
you know, gets them up like 27 to <laughs> nothing. And then in the second half, it's LeGarrette Blunt just eating and finishing with, you know, 25 carries against a Jets defense that last time Jets defense played on the road, they gave up uh, over 200 rushing yards to the 49ers. Carlos Hyde just went berserk against the Jets. Uh, I'm with you. I think that the Jets have called it a year. Um, I think that that became official when they went to Bryce Petty. I mean, there yeah. were even reports that it was going to happen that way. Um, and I think that LeGarrette Blunt has a chance to eat big, big time uh, after Tom Brady get, gets done with him. How about Jordan Howard facing the Washington Redskins, the Redskins who gave up a boatload of yards to Jonathan Stewart, like just couldn't tackle him at all. And Jordan Howard, I mean, it's yeah. pretty crazy, Evan. Um, I tweeted this out. 24 catches during his three years in college at UAB in Indiana. And then during his rookie year, 28 catches, right? So a lot of times yeah. we try to project receiving ability. And it's tough. You know, he only has 24 opportunities or a little more than that. But, man, he, he's turned into I, I, a complete back in many ways, right? Maybe not an elite back, but a, a, a very complete one for the Bears. Well, I should tell you that he actually had a game where he had four drops. Wow. So I think that the jury is still out on Jordan Howard uh, as a receiver. But you're right. I mean, the Bears, they don't care. You're right. You know, and he is – he's such a good play this week. First of all, there's been money on the over in this game, uh, like significantly. Like it's gone up almost, I think – it's gone up several points. Interesting. So when uh, last time I looked at it, it was 45 and a half. Yeah, it's up to. I looked at it. It was forty-seven last time oh, I looked it. at it. Um, and so I like that. I think that it, it has a chance to be sneaky high scoring. Um, you know, the Redskins' offense is good, and Matt Barkley has been excellent. You know, as a, as a late season spot starter, Just crazy. Uh, the Redskins and the Redskins' defense is not good so we we have a lot of recipes here for there to be some points scored the weather is going to be fine uh in chicago and jordan howard in a potentially high scoring game as a guy who you know is is getting 20 plus touches every game like you mentioned is being used in the passing game uh is used heavily down uh, in scoring position has shown like legitimate big run ability yeah you know he he's been really really impressive I'm sure that people will pop out of the woodwork and say, "Oh, you know, I, I, I loved him uh, coming out of <laughs> coming out of college." Right. But I don't, I don't remember anybody being like, "Oh yeah, Joe Jordan Howard, he's going to crush it." Right. You know, like I, I think that we all kind of liked him, you, yeah. you know, for what he was. Uh, but he has vastly exceeded expectations. I mean, he's a top ten NFL back, I, I think, right now. Wow. And and you know, because I have to monitor the draft opinions all during draft season. I would say the person that was probably highest on him was Lance Zerline. And you know Lance has a good eye. Oh, so. that's right. You're right. Um, so Lance, Lance really liked him. But, I mean, I don't know if he said, you know, he's going to be a top 10 back by his rookie year. I don't think anyone saw that coming. But, yeah, I mean, 99-plus yards in seven straight games. And the dude just turned 22 years old. Like, that's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, yep. The other good running back in the league is David Johnson, Evan. Like, obviously, you're not going to say anything bad about David Johnson this week. But you talked about the Seattle matchup earlier and how they might shut down, in many ways, Arizona's offense. But does that really matter? Because, I mean, David Johnson's been just matchup independent no matter what. Yeah, I mean, it's 
it's to the point where you can actually play David Johnson in the same daily fantasy lineup as the defense going mm-hmm. against him. Mm-hmm. Um, that has hit a couple of times uh, this year. And they, like David Johnson can have a big game. And then the Cardinals, because their offensive line plays so bad. Yeah. And Carson Palmer, you know, he's – I mean, I think anybody, any quarterback in his situation would be kind of struggling like he has. But he has especially more so because he's really old. Um, you know, they, 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 they become very, uh, you know, skittish in the pocket and prone to turnovers. And, uh, the Seahawks defensive line should dominate against the Cardinals offensive line uh, in Seattle. Um, and I think that the Seahawks defense is a great play, but so is David Johnson because David Johnson, even, you know, even if the Seahawks defense has a great day, he is going to get 20 plus touches uh, he, I mean, they're they're going for records. I mean, if you read what what the Cardinals are saying uh, in the media right now, they're trying to get David Johnson records, and he's trying to get to a thousand receiving yards. He was playing wide receiver last week against the Saints. He needs two hundred more uh, receiving yards to get to a thousand, and he's got to do that in two games. Hmm. And I mean, I noticed his price came way down on FanDuel. It came down like, I think he was. I want to say he was ninety eight hundred last week. Yeah, this he was. week He's, he's eighty seven hundred. He oh, dropped wow. eleven hundred. Uh, now facing a team who again against the the Seahawks in Week Seven in a game where he didn't even score a touchdown, he scored like twenty five PPR points. And um, he's ridiculous. Yeah, he's he's ridiculous. He had 171 total yards in that game, and I mean he had like 40 something touches in that game. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't rule out him getting up over 30 uh, here against the the Seahawks, regardless of how the game goes. He's going to be in there, and they're going to be trying to get him to rack up yards. They're trying to set records. Are you the one I've had this discussion with? This might have even been on this podcast about like how David Johnson was overlooked and why I think why why he was coming out of the draft. No. Uh, why? Be, well, because so he was in the same draft class as Amir Abdullah, right? Yep. And Amir Abdullah and David Johnson were, for more or less, the top two athletes at that position in that draft, right? And they were ridiculous yes. athletes, like ninety nine and ninety eight, ninety seventh percentile, right? But David Johnson was obviously coming out of the FCS, while Amir Abdullah, who really hit, checked all the same boxes that David Johnson did was an FBS player who did it at a big program who was also at the Senior Bowl, right? So in my opinion, if Amir Abdullah wasn't in that draft class, then more attention would have been given to David Johnson, right? Because he would have popped up on those athletic profiles. He would have also been at the Senior Bowl, obviously. And that production was also there as well. But because there was someone who was doing it at a higher level, to me, it just kind of um, knocked him down. Not knocked him down a notch, but just was an easier player to look at because everyone loved Amir Abdullah. Heck, the Cardinals like Amir Abdullah more than they did David Johnson. If you watched All or Nothing, they did. Yep, they true. Tried to, they tried to draft Amir Abdullah. So, um, to me, yeah, if Amir Abdullah was in that class, and, and maybe this is you know me being able to look back, but I do think David Johnson would have more love coming out of that draft class. Um, let's finish out, Evan, with T.Y. Hilton. Someone we brought up last week. Um, yep. We're going to bring him up this week, and it's a great matchup. I mean – Big plays, the uh, Oakland Raiders give up, and we know T.Y. Hilton can hit those big plays as well. Yeah, I love the way that T.Y. Hilton's skill set matches up against 
the Raiders secondary players. Um, you know, I think that this game is going to be a struggle for Dante Moncrief. Uh, he's battled a recurring hamstring injury and I think he's probably going to struggle to get open against Sean Smith and David Amerson, who are two big, you know, long corners who are going to match up better with Dante Moncrief, who's six foot two, two twenty, uh, as opposed to T.Y. Hilton, who's you know, five nine, one eighty three, right, uh, with four three speed. Uh, so you know, if you, and if you go back and look at the, the the types of receivers who have hurt the Raiders. It has been receivers like T.Y. Hilton, Travis Benjamin last week, um, Ted Ginn, um, you know, the, the Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Smaller uh, receivers have given the Raiders, big cornerbacks, a lot of problems. Um, and, I mean, I think that, I, you know, last week he was a disappointment because he – uh, just because of the flow of the game, the Vikings did not get anything going on offense. Right. They Their offensive line woke up the Colts' pass rush. I mean, Sam, Sam Bradford got sacked five times. Uh, and then, you know, I mean, it was it, it turned into a Frank Gore-Robert Turbid game, yep. unfortunately. But, I mean, early in the game, T.Y. Hilton and Jack Doyle were very, very involved. And, they're, I mean, they're going to need those guys this week. I think Moncrief struggles. I think that the Colts are going to have to score points uh, in this game, and they're not going to, you know, the, the Raiders are going to score points on the Colts. I mean, this game has the highest total of the uh, on the week. Yep. You have T.Y. Hilton in another situation where he has a sky high ceiling in terms of how many sar- targets he could get. I, mean, I, I just think he's going to be eating the entire game. Can I ask you about this one stat that was in Richie Barr's worksheet? Um, sure. T.Y. only has eight touchdowns. And twenty-eight outdoor games. Yeah, like I mean, that's one of those that like makes you scratch your head and like wonder how applicable it is. Um, do you ever factor in stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, but first of all, I mean, you have to like take it into context because he plays every game at home, right? Uh, indoors, and then he also plays uh, at Reliant Stadium, which has a dome, right? Uh, you know, against the Texans. Um, and then, you know, they'll play teams out of the division that have domes, too. So, you know, how, how many, I mean, I think it would probably be better to look at it in terms of percentages. I mean, yeah, I, I've, I have always had that in my mind. You know, I want to play, I would prefer to play T.Y. Hilton indoors. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think that this is a, a pretty special situation. And I think that he's going to be able to rack up a lot of yards and a lot of catches against just secondary players that are just not going to be able to cover him. Cool, Evan. Thanks so much, buddy. All right. And for everyone else, here comes Rotopat with his rankings. Check it out. And we are back with the man, the myth, the TV legend. Well, <laughs> digital video legend. Let's put it that way. Patrick Darty. Pat, I have one question to start. Um, what does Roto Emilia get for the holidays? Well, it's now it's like, what doesn't she get? Because I'm such a humongous video star. Uh, the, Benja- <laughs> the Benjamins rolling in. I mean, we're, th- we're talking about a G6, but it might be too small. 
Might actually need a. We might need our own Trump plane. Is actually what we're nice. talking about. Nice. So she's less than a year old, right? Isn't she like eight months or something? Yeah, she's about to turn seven months. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure she's asking for everything. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, she's got a real a solid concept of what Christmas is. Asking for your own <laughs> her own credit card already. I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, in her babble, she relays expensive gifts that she wants. <laughs> oh. We're getting all of them for her now, though. Got it. Got it. Um, all right. Let's get to your rankings. Obviously, everyone at home can check them out on rotoworld.com. They're updated, well, I guess, this weekend all the way through Sunday. Or I guess you'll do Saturday because... Most yeah, just, I mean, um, Sunday, like, if someone That's doesn't play... It's not necessarily fair for you to no, change them. <laughs> no, but, like, if someone doesn't play, I usually will yank them. But, right. yeah, there's no other movement, so... Got it. Well, let's start with uh, a quarterback. And the reason I put this guy in is because um, I've received a number of questions this week um, about Philip Rivers versus someone else, right? Like Philip Rivers versus Tyrod Taylor or Philip Rivers versus Matt Ryan versus Carolina, things like that. And maybe even some quarterbacks that have more difficult matchups than that. Uh, Philip Rivers versus Marcus Mariota, for instance, right? So what, what gives you confidence to rank Philip Rivers as the quarterback seven this week against the, um, High-performing Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Not sure if confidence is the right word, but just circumstance. I mean, the guys right behind him, Cam Newton, who had his first good game like two months uh, Monday. Russell Wilson has been pretty good at home, but, you know, very inconsistent. Jameis Winston, who's similar to, to, to Rivers, but has like a, both a lower floor and a lower ceiling. So got Rivers at seven mostly because he's got he's thrown for multiple touchdowns in seven straight games. I mean, the Browns have allowed three more passing touchdowns than any other team in football. So I mean, he should be able to get two touchdowns in his sleep. And that's just a that's just a nice uh, like floor to build on for his ranking. So. If I'm like super confident someone's gonna get seven two touchdowns, you know, you can usually rank them confidently in the top twelve. And I'm not like super happy about it, but right. I think he'll just be a reliable QB one. I'm not gonna like force him into the lineup over like Matt Ryan or I even got asked about Aaron Rodgers earlier today, and I'm not gonna force him in over like legit studs. But yeah. I think he's a comfortable QB one. I, I feel like earlier in the season we said like, oh, he could get two touchdowns in his sleep with Ryan Tannehill against the Cleveland Browns, and he like barely did it. Um, so this, this will be a fun one. But weekend. did he do it? I can't remember. I, I, I can't remember either, but I know like everyone was like Ryan Tannehill in cash. And, <laughs> and, and, well, and... pretty much in cash or this should be the definition <laughs> of famous last words right. at this point. Right. Uh, um, and uh, I, just to stay in this game, you have Antonio Gates and Hunter Henry as tight ends 11 and 13. Is this kind of a situation where when the game gets closer and like if Antonio Gates is going to play or – um, if a matchup is favoring one of the two or, or playing time, if news comes out, then you'll shift it. Or are you confident that both could be top 13 options? I mean, it's just kind of the lay of the land. It's like, uh, you just, sometimes you you don't rank them necessarily. And I mean, I don't think they'll both finish in the top 13, but I think it's just more likely that, you know, Hunter Henry will say we'll finish in the top 15 than, you know, Kobe Fleener or Vernon Davis or Jared Cook, or just, I think his odds of finishing in like the top 15 are better. And it's just, it's a really good matchup. Obviously the Browns are, as they are against every position are very leaky uh, up the seam. So it's a good spot for tight ends. And, you know, Gates is the narrative street play, but how long is he going to be the narrative street play? You know, they're supposedly trying to get him this record 
it's been four weeks without a touchdown. I think Henry has four tough four touchdowns in his past five games. And I think the narrative street's kind of been around Henry, to be honest. Or, good. A few weeks ago, he got banged up in one of the games. And like the sideline guy said, the Chargers were real bummed about it because they were going to start giving him snaps like at the expense of Gates. I forget. Mm-hmm. It was like two weeks ago. And, I, you know, Henry didn't really end up missing any time. But I, I saw him talking him up this week, you know, again in the press. And I, I almost think that uh yeah henry's more the narrative street guy than gates but yeah i mean just obviously i don't think they'll both finish inside the top 15 i just think we're looking at probabilities i like their probabilities of doing it better than the dudes behind them so and in this week's life comes at you fast you have chicago bears tight end legend daniel brown ranked ahead of kobe fleener i know that's a big change (laughs) i feel like i'm in the minority there but uh the redskins have allowed yeah over a thousand i mean I'm i'm not asking you to stand up for Daniel Brown, I'm just saying, like, wow, Kobe Fleener, everyone knows you're not good at football. I know, um, I know. Yeah, Josh Hill, yeah, Josh Hill, you know, uh, goes on injured reserve and somehow made Kobe Fleener worse. So <laughs> that's his life. Yep. Um, Rob Kelly, I do have a bone to pick with you here. Um, <laughs> you have him as running back 23, okay? Um, that's fringe top 24 numbers, and I know he didn't put up a ton of yards against the Panthers. But it's not like Chicago's been good against the run on defense as of late, especially in the last five weeks. They're allowing, what, like 150 rushing yards on average? Are you um, trying to tell me that the Bears last week allowed 160 rushing yards to a converted <laughs> receiver? Is I am. that what you're trying to tell uh, me? That is what I'm trying to tell you. And while Robert Kelly – actually, Ty Montgomery probably had more rushing yards his final year than, than Robert Kelly did in college. I'm just guessing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think Robert Kelly's an awesome play this week. Well, it's just, you know, he's a touchdown or bust volume guy, kind of. And right now, he's seeing second tier volume. He's hasn't had more than 16 carries in five games. He's averaging probably like only 12 or 13 carries over his past four games. And he caught four passes last week. I'm going to consider that a fluke. And when you're just seeing, if you're going to be like a, you know, a guy who doesn't catch passes and be dependent on touchdowns, like you need LeGarrette Blunt volume. You need to be getting like 18 to 22 carries per game. Yeah. And it's been over a month for Rob Kelly since he's gotten that. So even in a good matchup, it, too, I'd be he'd probably be higher in a normal week, but it's kind of a good week for a running back, like a lot of guys to set up well in the running back two territory. So yeah, when he's just when he's a volume guy who needs to score, I just I, he hasn't been seeing the requisite volume lately. So that's uh, that's why we're here, Josh. That's why um, we're here at RB twenty three. Now you also have Amari Cooper as wide receiver 19 against the Indianapolis Colts. And look, it's a good matchup, right? Everyone thinks the Colts suck on defense. But it's not like Amari Cooper has been good as of late. Like wide receiver 42 in the last five weeks, I think it is. Um, so what gives you confidence in... I see, this was the classic week. I didn't know if you thought this was too high or too low. No, this is, this is too <laughs> high, in my opinion. Well, if you're getting and into I, that kind of stuff, I mean, Mike Evans is the wide receiver 65 over the past three weeks, yeah, by the and, way. And, and he's been horrible against the Saints during his NFL career. But it, we're not, anyways, we're not on Mike Evans. On Amari Cooper... Yeah, tell me uh, about him. I mean, come on. It's been 60... <laughs> it's been six games, seven games he hasn't cleared 60 yards. He's averaging four catches for 42 yards yeah, over the past six good. games. That's sub-Pierre Garçon. But, you know, there's a little squeaky wheel thing going on with him. And you know, how long can Amari Cooper really stay down? But to me, I mean, this is... I thought most people would think this was a low ranking, so I'm not really prepared to defend right. it as being too high. No, no, no. Uh, I, I, I think that this is... 
low. No, I no no no. You're right. We're we're very confused here. This is too high because like he and again I understand like looking at these. You, they're like a number of big names yeah, I mean, that stand out, and so it is tough to see who could be above him because, like, yeah, even I mean, a guy like gotta, Robbie Anderson over the last three weeks has absolutely killed a guy like Amari Cooper. I mean, but you just—he's at a part of the board where I feel like it's a good enough hedge where you know, all year he's been ranked as essentially as a wide receiver one, and this I've got him, you know, definitely in the second tier of wide receiver twos, but. Right. It's like you said, it's a attackable matchup at home. And, you know, the guys that got behind him was like Larry Fitzgerald in Seattle or Rashard Matthews, who, you know, I'm just still not going to rank ahead of Amari Cooper. Alshon Jeffrey, maybe seeing Josh Norman. So, or like Kenny Britt. I mean, those kind of guys. I'm still, yeah, it's kind of like a Brandon Cooks thing. You know, like you, the, you, these guys go four or five weeks without doing anything and you got to keep moving them lower and lower. But at a certain point, when you have that kind of upside there's only so low you can go and wide receiver 19 feels like a good hedge on amari to me so let's finish this out with uh talking about my fantasy team um i (laughs) i face ray summerlin in the road world and friends league as you know because you're the the commissioner i guess it is you're the guy with the cash um yeah that's right i've got the power of the purse strings here yeah so if you say something in so, this next question, I'm going to allocate the money the so way you help want. me so. make a decision to beat Ray, right? Because you want me to beat Ray. I know you do. Um, of course. All I hear about is this nasty impression of me. Right. So. It's horrible. It's the worst. <laughs> I would never do such a thing to you. No. Um, Robbie Anderson, wide receiver 32, versus Malcolm Mitchell, wide receiver 37. I was leaning towards Malcolm Mitchell, um, but you have Robbie Anderson slightly higher. Um, so if you could sell me on one of them, well, this one's a little extra tough because there's extenuating circumstances. And that to me is if, uh, Michael Floyd will be active or not. And okay. right now I've got Malcolm Mitchell ranked as if Malcolm, Michael Floyd will be active and clearly if he's active. He's probably only going to play like 10 or 15 snaps, but that could be enough to, you know, to make the difference in Malcolm Mitchell's day. So if we get word that Michael Floyd's gonna be a healthy scratch again. Probably won't make your decision any easier, but I'll probably move Malcolm Mitchell up three or four spots. Probably still be behind Robbie Anderson. Yeah, just he's been a, just slightly. It's a slightly more volatile situation for him than Robbie. I mean, Robbie Anderson's in a bad offense, but every game that Bryce Petty's started, he's essentially been a wide receiver three. Whereas you know, last week we worried about you know we were really? Malcolm Mitchell's the kind of guy yeah who could get taken out by a good matchup and that's what happened to him last week yeah. and now he's a guy who could be hurt by a veteran coming in to play more snaps and that could happen this week so he's just not a guy who can really rise above his circumstances yet and so he's just got a little a few more questions to me than Robbie Anderson so that's why yeah. I got Malcolm Mitchell ranked like just outside the wide receiver three range so you're saying Robbie Anderson is the right play I am yes okay. I was but it's that close way. enough well, for like the other way. It's it's tough, man. It's one I'm gonna. Situation. You're very confused on what you're. <laughs> this what, podcast. What by I'm the thinking. Way. It's I'm <laughs> sick and I am leaving to go to Charlotte tonight, and I have not packed yet, and my flight leaves in an hour. Well, well no, I have to be at the airport in an hour. Let's put it that okay, way. Okay, I was like, I was like, wow. I'm like, you got bad news. <laughs> I'm <pretty> close. <laughs> you're not going to North Carolina <laughs> Uh, Pat, you're the man. Thanks for doing this, buddy. All season long. Um. Maybe we'll do one next week. You know, I know you do rankings for week 17, so maybe I'll drive we'll you into it. We'll see what the people demand. We'll see what the people demand. Uh, have a good holiday, buddy. You too, Josh. My pleasure. Re-
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.